Fuck what they talk about. I've been getting my cake and running wild since a little child. Yeah. Getting it every day, I'm working sun up till the sun down. Yeah. I'm getting it every day, these niggas hating, trying to see how I do this shit. Bitch, I'm not new. What's up, guys? This is Jake Carlisle, and welcome to the Capital Gains Podcast, where we share our experiences on how to flip and invest in real estate, the stock market, and all things fitness. Join us as we dive deep into the world of self-development and get ready to make some capital gains. Welcome to the 42nd episode of the Capital Gains Podcast, and yes, I had to check which episode we were on because I honestly had no idea. I hope everyone had a happy New Year's and a great holidays. Um, in the spirit of the holidays and the new year, while everyone's making resolutions, although our almighty lord, uh, Jake Carlisle, is not on the podcast, and unfortunately nobody else could join us, you're just going to have to listen to me talk about some of the goals that I have going into 2022, and I think some of the things that the rest of the members of the show also want to focus on going into the year, and of course, for fun, what we are holding, or now what I am holding, going into the next year. Um, first, I think it is important to say that everyone loves to make New Year's resolutions, but unfortunately, like most things, they're all about execution, and uh, not many people are good at that, and I would venture to say that's the reason that not many people succeed at anything, is because they can't execute. It's not that things are very difficult. Personally, that is not to say that I am some almighty grand human being who's good at things because I am not good at things like some of the other people on this podcast who are much more disciplined and better human beings than I am. For me, I like to focus on just a few things. And first thing, like everybody else on this show is in grandly great shape and I am not. So one of the simplest things that I want to focus on going into the new year is waking up a little earlier so I can actually work out even if it's something simple and not some intense routine because I have not been doing that lately. Um, I am fat. I went from fit to fat. Normally people try to go from fat to fit, but I did the opposite. Uh, I know fitness is a big focus for Jake, Sam, Chad, everyone who's usually on the podcast. Uh, for me, it's not going to be as intense as them. I just want to get back to being a little more in shape than I am. And for the more fun things, my other two goals are, one has to do with a project that Jake and myself work on, and Chad as well. Um, we, Jake, as many of you may or may not know, currently runs RTA Property Management alongside Chad, who's always on the show as well. And the second division to that is going to also be APM, except it's RTA Portfolio Management. And all that's required of me is to get one other license that I need, and that way we can get the show on the road. Um, for those of you who don't know what license you would need to become a registered investment advisor under FINRA and the SEC and all those fancy quasi-government agencies, it's called, depending on what state you're in, I'm in Massachusetts, you need what's called a Series 65 license, and this is basically to train you to be a fiduciary, meaning that you're not going to screw over all of your clients uh, and put aside any conflicts of interests. And basically, like a doctor, rather than uh, trying to think of what's best for you when dealing with clients, as doctors do with patients, you're always putting your best foot forward for that other person that you're working with. Uh, aside from that, what our real goal is, is to get as many people around our age, most likely fellow college students and any of our friends, 
to get started investing as soon as possible. And I know a lot of kids our age who are in this finance space are obsessed with buying their call options and all of their different swing trades, day trades, fancy straddle puts, whatever the hell strategies. They have some cool names for them. If I looked up a list, a lot of you would laugh. I think there's something called like an iron condor straddle ladder put option. It was a bunch of nonsense. But the point of all of that is just to say that our goal is to get as many people set on the less attractive but right path of just starting up investing in index funds, total market index funds, even some international index funds, but just focus on more passive investing. And while the market's hot, even though it's tempting to jump into stuff and you hear and see all these people online making millions overnight, helping kids realize the long-term benefits of something like this and developing a relationship with them at an early age. Because our theory is that, yeah, we could try and start this show when we graduate from college. And the only problem with that is I don't think it's going to be very easy to differentiate ourselves from the probably million other kids who graduate in finance with the same exact goal at that point, because you're no different than any of them. And two, why would anyone choose us over one of the larger firms that you can go to? Usually ones like that already have the brokerage that you signed up with. Excuse me. And all of that is mostly because it intertwines with Arate, and we'd like to become sort of these students and friends and peers, uh, not just their advisor, but help people learn about kind of the importance of what they're doing rather than sending them a quarterly report or even an annual report and saying, yep, this is how your money did. I took this much out from you. Um, that doesn't really interest us at all. We want to actually embrace people's like uh, interest and curiosity in learning about finance and hopefully leading them to some sort of independence when they're retired and they don't have to retire way too late or even work when they're retired. Because oddly enough, if you are between the ages of 18 to 25, it only takes a few hundred bucks a month to be able to retire at a normal age. And for us, that means we can save you guys or whoever ends up working with us a lot of time at the end of your lives. And to us, that's what makes it worth it. Because we're a bunch of bozos who work out or used to work out and we don't know how to solve any of the world's major problems like world hunger because we're not smart enough. So our, contrib our contribution to the world will hopefully be saving people a lot of time that they can spend with their loved ones and family when it matters the most. Uh, and with that being said, the one final goal I would like to talk about is kind of expanding, well, take this as kind of for everybody, but just try to do something that you might not have thought you'd be interested in or something along the lines to so take some sort of risk. Um, my girlfriend is sitting behind me, so she's going to laugh. But for me, that is helping her run her Etsy store that we now work together with. And I get to learn about a bunch of new parts of this world, interacting with influencers on TikTok, Instagram, learning how to promote things through social media. Because to be honest, I post on my Instagram maybe twice a year and I'll send out a stupid tweet every now and then if I want to rile people up. And that's about all I know about social media, even though us younger people are just expected to know how to do all of that stuff and navigate it. And oftentimes, people who have the most success on social media are the ones who learned it and weren't just born into it. And when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, unfortunately, like I said, nobody else is here. So whatever the hell their goals are, I hope they're good. And hopefully they're better than mine. But you don't even get to hear them because they're all losers and they smell. Um, 
Now for the more fun part of this, smooth transition, I know. We, I get to talk to you guys about what I'm holding going into 2022. Unfortunately, Sam's not here to give us a beautiful in-depth analysis and breakdown of where they see the financial markets heading throughout the course of the next year. But for me, 2022 is going to be about being more disciplined and dedicating more of my capital towards those index funds. Because recently, as we've seen a lot of the tech stocks get hit and different small caps get hit, I have been pouring ridiculous amounts of money into these things, and I'm still not making any money on a lot of them. Oddly enough, one of the things I am holding going into 2022 has been my best performer over the last month or so, uh, and that's AT&T. You, so originally I was here just for the dividend. I made it 10% of my account just to stabilize things as I was buying all this crazy shit. And I was fortunate enough to scoop up a ton of shares down below 24 and I'm sitting with an average of 23.14 as I look at it now. So that is one thing that I'm holding going into the year. Personally, I just, there was no real rhyme or reason besides receiving the dividend yield. And in my opinion, I don't think the company's going anywhere. There was no real like in-depth thought to this, no crazy analysis. Uh, it was kind of just a simple thing where I was like, okay, if I can get 10% of my account to receive this dividend yield uh, going forward, that'll be, I'll be happy with that. And at the price point it was at, to me, I thought it was something that was overlooked and beaten down way too much over the Warner Discovery Media News. And now we're seeing it rally back very sharply from those prices. And I'll talk about three more stocks that I'm holding going in that I've been pouring a lot of money into. And one of those is PayPal. Uh, to me, anything under 195 or even under 200 is what I would consider more of an easy money stock. Um, aside from that, for those of you that aren't interested in individual stocks, I have been personally buying a lot of the ETF BLOK. Uh, this is run by someone named Michael Gade. You might know him by his, I think his publication. I don't know what it's called. It's the lead lag report. They do circles on Twitter. I guess that's what they're called. It's basically a group live stream and they drop a lot of knowledge on you every single, like every week, a couple times a week. And this ETF consists of a good chunk, I think a little over 5% Coinbase, a little over 5% Nvidia, a little over 5% PayPal, a bunch of Square, um, and just a, all, all the companies that in his opinion, are going to be leaders or highly integrated with blockchain technology. And because I'm not that smart, I chose to go this route rather than having to find stocks that are using blockchain and that aren't overvalued and yada, yada, yada. Uh, I was able to scoop shares up around the 41 to $43 area. I've traded this before, but my intention moving forward is to hold it for at least the whole year. And two more. You guys have heard me talk about this one before. This is Palantir. I know it's gotten way too much attention way too early on, um, but I did just see today, and I'm sure many of you guys did if this is something you follow, that, well, first of all, they get a lot of shit for their SPAC investments. And then with regards to their earnings reports, people have been using that as a way to delegitimize uh, some of their partnerships and contracts that they've received because these are companies that they've invested in and thus been contracted with and received revenue from. 
but some people are saying that doesn't show true commercial growth because these are things that they kind of hand selected and spoon fed themselves. Uh, but all of those people can eat my ass because one of their, their largest SPAC investment, ticker symbol W-E-J-O, just partnered with Microsoft for whatever the hell they do. I have to read the article. I haven't honestly looked into it. I've just known that that's their largest investment. They deployed 35 million of capital into there. And now they're partnering with Microsoft to, I don't know. I, like I said, I haven't read it. Probably should have read it before the podcast, but we're not very professional here. Um, and the final, the only thing I don't like about Palantir is that it's a Kathy stock because I feel like every time Kathy touches something, it drops. Sam was just talking earlier about how he's look, now looking very smart shorting ARC when nobody else wanted to. And we kind of had a just quick brief few comments between us just saying how oftentimes the smartest plays that you make look very stupid in the short term. And then you kind of have to, that's where your conviction comes in. Hold through all of the people telling you it's a dumb idea, reading stuff online that would suggest it's a dumb idea, and then kind of being contrarian. Um, but now, obviously, it's paid off. I think ARK is trade ARK K that is is trading somewhere in the eighties, and like you guys are probably aware, traded way above the hundred mark for quite some time. When everyone got excited about her investing in some stupid ass random, the most random companies that nobody's ever heard of that have no revenue, and then you get a flock of people that go to each one and are like, "Yeah, this is going to be the next Apple." Like, no, it's not. Shut up. You're stupid. No, you're not. If you bought it, if you're listening and you bought it, you're not stupid. I've fallen for these same exact things and hype online and things like that before. But just know, just because Kathy buys something doesn't mean it's going to do well. Uh, I think it would do a lot of people some justice to just go look at Kathy's performance prior to these last few years and minus Tesla. Um, a lot of people fall victim to listening to everything Michael Burry says, for example, just because he was able to predict one financial crisis and made brinks trucks of money for days and that could have been backed up probably still to today if each truck was even loaded with 100k in it or even who knows and the final thing that i am holding into the year is actually alibaba i think that it was a good thing i think it's been on a, a downhill like avalanche basically ever since jack ma went missing and then we had the issues with uh evergrande evergrande um, and then just all of these different things with Chinese companies potentially being de delisted from all of the U.S. exchanges. To me, that is a bunch of yada, 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 yada bullshit. And I'm thinking that within the next three to five years, we're going to forget about all of these things and Alibaba will return to its glory. And for me, it doesn't even have to return to what we saw 52 week highs. I think if you're to buy now, you're still getting a great return, even if we go back up towards the 200 mark, which to me is very realistic, especially over a longer time horizon. Uh, I get it. That's not like the greatest average annualized returns if it takes 10 years to get there, uh, but I'm willing to take that chance and I don't think that that's what's going to happen. And yeah, those are the only real significant investments I'm holding going into the year. And just to kind of recap that list, it is AT&T, ticker symbol T, the most boring stock you will own. And then on top of that, we have Alibaba, like I just mentioned, PayPal or Block. I recommend Block or PayPal to anyone. I know I just said both. If you're newer, go with Block and you want exposure to companies like NVIDIA, Square, Coinbase without having to buy them individually. 
I highly recommend the ETF. Uh, let's see, what do we got? We said Baba, Block, PayPal. Oh, how could I forget? And like I've always been, I am up to way too much of my account in Palantir shares. Call me an idiot all you like. Does not bother me. I will be swimming in my pools of money when I am probably dead. I will probably have to be buried with the money I make from this company because it takes so long. And one final thing I want to mention too is just, I think it's always good to talk about our biggest losers because when you hear a lot of these people talk on the internet, all they talk about is how much money they make, how smart they are. And yeah, everyone's smart with hindsight in their favor. And unfortunately, you're not really afforded that luxury when you're buying things. So if I'm to log into my account right now, I will say one of my biggest losers is the MJ ETF which is basically tracking a bunch of different cannabis companies. I didn't buy in necessarily too high. It was more that I bought too heavy where I did buy and with such a low price, uh, it's very susceptible to losing large percentages very quickly. I was able to get in around 15 and I ended up averaging down to somewhere around 13. I was losing money on it for months and luckily I was able to get out of there with a few bucks, but after that, I still am looking to buy in. I'm just not sure what the best way to invest in cannabis long-term is. Uh, regardless of what your opinions are on it, I personally think that there's plenty of room for one, even I would say it's already pretty normalized, but like true normalization, because I know that there's probably some people listening that even just from what their parents have taught them, what they've heard in school, and rightfully so, uh, there's a stigma around cannabis and I think that's still holding it back and there is a lot of political risk with investing in it because it all really is dependent on regulators and lawmakers actually creating it, making it so it's legal everywhere for mostly, I, of course, medical use, but that's already in place. People are more looking for recreational use to be legalized. But yeah, that's one of my biggest losers. Um, what's something stupid that we bought because we're all idiots on this podcast and we're like, yeah, this will make money. Uh, oh, okay. If I go on to my account and go to all, let's see, what did we lose a ton of money? In? I did sell Matterport too early. I sold around 24 and then we saw it reach the thirties. That did suck. Let's scroll all the way down. Oh. This wasn't from this last year, but Clover Health, I lost a ton of money on at one point because I'm an idiot and listened to Chamath. Um, let's see. Oh, one of my favorite losers ever is Best Buy. I now refuse to shop at Best Buy because of how poorly I played the stock. And that is completely my fault, but fuck Best Buy. Just kidding, Best Buy. If you want to send me a free PS5, please do it. Okay, yeah. And to prevent me from rambling anymore and filling your brain with useless information, I'm going to end things now because I don't have Jake to keep me in check here. And yeah, so I hope everybody had a happy new year. I hope everyone had a good time with, during the holidays. I hope everyone also has time to reflect on the last year and come up with some reasonable, actionable goals that you can take moving forward. And with that being said, thank you for listening to the 42nd episode of the Capital Gains Podcast, and we will see you next time. 101 sound. Hey, yo, Fuck what they talk about. I've been getting my cake and running wild.
since a little child. Yeah, getting it every day. I'm working sun up till the sun down. Yeah, I'm getting it every day. These niggas hating, trying to see how I do this shit. Bitch, I'm not new.